Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, folks, um, it's a sad time of the season again because of international break and everyone hates it. Um, but we have to make the best of these things. I still don't understand why these international break, three games in the season, but we just have to live with it um, and get on with it. But in the meantime, it was a blockbuster weekend with the transfer in the Wendon um, and with some scorches in the Premier League. But, um, obviously, our focus... In the first part of this podcast is going to be all on Chelsea. Um, first of all, Danny, how are you? How's it going? Doing good, thank you, man. Doing good. Enjoying the internationals as always. You know, we love England. Cheer them on and whatnot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> said, said with a little hint of sarcasm. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's good. Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you, man. Just keeping busy and looking forward to discussing today's game because it is. Um, it was a little bit crazy the Chelsea game, like, and I think it defied what we thought was going to happen. So it was good, and it's good to be able to get into it, like. Yeah, well, I've, I've got a few interesting views, um, which we're discussing off air, which will be um, interesting and shocking for some listeners. But we'll, we'll come into that. But, Hey, without further ado, let's let's announce that we, we mentioned on last week's um, podcast that we've got a very special guest returning to us. And um, we had him here last year when we had the um, Super League, I don't know what you want to call it, the Super League fiasco, fiago, madness, craziness. Um, and he's joined us again. He's a friend of the podcast. He's a, he's a big listener. Um, and he was actually over at the Chelsea match this weekend. So I want to introduce Pardick um, from the, the Parley of Pardick podcast. Um, welcome back, buddy. How's it going? Thanks for being great to be here, Denny. How are you? I'm good, thank you, man. I'm good. Looking forward to hearing what it was like to be at the game at the weekend. Like, so it's uh, it's exciting to have you on. Thank you very much for being on. Yeah. So no first of all, um, tell us the logistics of um, getting over. Obviously, you, you live down south. Um, getting over to Liverpool and getting a ticket. Um, and how how did that all you know transform to start off with, please, buddy? Well, myself and a few of my friends have paid memberships with Liverpool. 
And because the season before last, we had four games each in our record, we were able to apply for tickets for the Chelsea game. I suppose that's a Category A game or one of the top six. And two of us were lucky enough to get them in the ballot. And the other two we got uh, in the additional member sale. So it worked out worked out pretty well. Um, brilliant, brilliant. And what was the... Um, it's a big, big game and obviously Chelsea has some side this season. So tell us before the game, how did you think it was going to go? And was it a complete shock to you? Or what was your thoughts on the game itself there, Patrick? I... I thought we'd, I thought we'd sneak a win. To be honest with you, but just to get back to the to, to the, 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 the logistics, first of all, we actually had a two-hour delay at Cork Airport going over. So it was just as well it wasn't the half twelve kickoff because the flight I was meant to leave at eight forty-five didn't leave till just after eleven. So we, we were a bit wow. late getting, but it worked out. But just being in Cork Airport for three and a half hours when there's no bar open and just a, a cafe <laughs> it was a a bit testing at times, but what can't be cured must be endured, as they say. So we put up with it like the spoke the, like a true Irishman. He was worried that the bar wasn't open at eight in the morning. <laughs> what, what what more can you say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got over you in Liverpool. Um what was it like? I mean, you haven't been to a match for a long time, none of us has. Um what was it like soaking up the atmosphere, you know, outside the ground and in the city of Liverpool? Yeah, even on the flight, the Liverpool chance were starting already, so we're very much in the in the mood for going over, but it was fantastic um, being around, seeing people together again finally after after so long. Um, I'm Jake Abraham, one of my one of the guests on my podcast came along with us, Stanfield, and the actor, which, which is great. And there was a very good friend of mine, Pat. She's in her seventies. It was her very first time at Anfield as well. So I said I just give her the like, that I give her the opportunity of coming along with us, like you know, so. Um, you know, when you're used to bingo halls, which she is, it was a bit of a difference being in, in Anfield, like you know. So it was nice. I love, I love going to Anfield for people when it's their first time there as well, you know. So it was special, and you know, it's it's unusual even in Cork, you know, you don't appreciate something when it's on on your doorstep sometimes, you know. And tell me this, um, when was last time you were Anfield before, um, the weekend? And um, you know, was it was there an added sense of anticipation with this yeah. game? Of- that's say the first big game. Yeah, it was January 2020 in Sheffield United, so just over a year and a half. So a lot of changes, I suppose, having the tickets on the, the phone, uh, mm. the smartphone, the NFC, um, having it in the, in the Google Pay wallet was, you know, it was a bit of a change. And I got a bit of a fright. It was, I had three tickets on it and the it wouldn't scan, first of all. So the steward was just about to tell us to go to ticketing services office which was a uh, queue was a mile long outside um, but luckily we got the code up and we got in but it all worked out alright but from what I've heard I've heard of people who missed the full first half of the game on Saturday because the tickets didn't scan yet so it has wow. been mental this whole fiasco across grounds all over the country it has just been madness like how they've thought that this is going to be a good system with the, the lack of testing that's been going on, um, it's been crazy. So I'm glad that you got in and didn't, because I've seen a few people, I've seen a few friends and stuff. Uh, I've missed half the game as well. And like the, the to pay that amount of money, and especially like we've spoke about it a few times on this podcast, the, the amount, I think people from Liverpool don't necessarily understand the commitment level that is involved in travelling from over here 
uh, to go over to Liverpool for games. So to miss, if you was to miss half a game, it's ridiculous the money you'd have to pay out to go and see the game, and then for yeah. that to that to potentially happen. So I'm glad that it, it didn't happen to you, and you were able to to see the full match. Like, was it weird? Um, because obviously I was over in Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. Did you find it strange? Because obviously, obviously down in Ireland, it, it's still quite strict in terms of the rules, regulations, and stuff. And Liverpool, it almost feels like like everything doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like it just feels like it's all back to normal. So I'm sure it was a real sort of culture shock. Like. Yeah, even in the even the All Ireland final in hurling, only at half capacity in Crow Park the other week as well. You know, so it was unusual to see a full stadium. But the atmosphere was fantastic beforehand. The cars were cheap getting in to incentivize people getting in at two ninety a point. So it was great to it was great to get back in and get to soak up the pre match atmosphere. And I suppose one of the things I wasn't expecting was Jake um recognised the security guard at the entrance to U six, it's like the middle of the upper tier, just in front of the wheelchair spaces, and we we're directly above Sky commentary box and we saw our good friend Gary Neville um, an Anfield favourite <laughs> that's it I was going to sing a song to him but I declined um, or I resisted the temptation but no I, I was just it was, it, was interesting. it was great to see their view and the monitor of the TV and that and um, I suppose the you know, I would have a lot of friends who are my United supporters and that. So I just asked him for a photograph. Kind of, you weren't exactly side by side. He was, he was down below, and I was up holding at an angle. But he was sound about it. He took the photograph, no bother. He was happy that Ronaldo resigned as well. So um, he doesn't get asked for many photographs at Anfield. I'd say so. It was kind of novel enough. But I will. I mean, Patrick, so what we'll do? We'll come back to the game in a wee while. But so this summer's been crazy. Me and Danny have chatted about it in previous podcasts. You know. From Harry Kane to Ronaldo to Messi to Mbappe. Um, obviously, Liverpool keeping all the key superstars like Dibbuk Origi and stuff. It's been a great, massive transfer window. Um, tell us your thoughts on the madness that has been this. Uh, it, it's just been crazy, hasn't it? It's been interesting. Um, what I would say, and I think everyone agrees when I say this, the transfer on Sky Sports News, watching the transfer deadline day is not any good anymore without the fans outside the stadiums, is it? You know, you just see them going to the wee rooms on their own, you know, go going to someone at you know Everton's football ground in like some little room, and, and there's no fans and no one there. It's not the same, is it? You know, uh, it's just not the same as a place. No, I think the word anticlimactic or anticlimax was made for the transfer window, and especially Liverpool's windows in recent times. You know, there's very little. A bit underwhelming, yeah. I would say, would be another word to describe well, it. We signed Hendo for four years and, and, and Nat Phillips for four years, so I think that was positive. But um, tell me your thoughts on the transfer in general. So, obviously, CR7 back to uh, United. Do you think he'll be a, a hit or miss, um, Padraig? Well, I think it's bad news, to be honest with you, um, for Liverpool. Um, I felt a pit in my stomach when I heard the news that he was going to United. Because I don't know if they'll automatically win the league this year. Like, I wouldn't say that. But having a player like that is going to raise standards within the club itself and I don't know I, just, I think psychologically when you have one of the greatest players of all time in your team 36 or not it's definitely going to have a knock-on effect so I expect them to have a good season I don't know about winning it but I don't know just the only player Liverpool have signed at the minute is a third choice centre-back is it as things stand 
behind Van Dijk and Matup. I don't know. I, I just felt you get the impression that FSG are holding on to the purse strings a bit. So we made a point that you know there could be a sale in the next year, eighteen months potentially, and they're holding on to money for that. Like, why would they be investing money in players if they're planning on selling? And I think that's a very good point. Um, with the, with the revenue the club has made over the last couple of years, winning the Champions League, winning the Premier League, like money should not be a shortage for funds. I know they've done up the training ground and they're doing up the main stand and that. And they're quite large investments as well, but they really should be doing a bit more more business. When you see Origi as your backup, Firmino's injured now. It's about a month or so. Like in fairness, Jot is a brilliant replacement in that case. Like Jot is great backup, but it just needs one more injury up there in the African Nations Cup coming up as well. We're treadbare. And if you were to ask my prediction now for the season, I'd have to say... I'd be happy. I shouldn't be happy, but I think top four. I, you know, I, I think I honestly, I'm, I'm quite happy to eat my words in this, and I hope I'm wrong. But I don't think Liverpool are going to win in the league this season. All right, okay. Well, I hope. I definitely hope you're wrong. And what do you think about um, Messi to PSG, and obviously Mbappe linked to Real Madrid, and obviously the Kane saga? What do you think the transfer window in general? Well, what was, I suppose, unpredictable about it was that City didn't get the players they wanted. They didn't get Kane or Ronaldo, so that was a surprise. Mbappe to Real Madrid, I think, not a huge surprise there. Messi to PSG, there's only a certain amount of clubs that can afford him, really, isn't it? Or like, you know, when Barcelona... Yeah, well, I think Mbappe didn't actually stand for Real Madrid. He was so close to, wasn't so close to, but it didn't go through. That Griezmann went from... But Mbappe, is it a future signing? Like, is it an agreement that he'll join Real Madrid in future? Is well, that what? Here's the thing, isn't it? They say so. Real Madrid offered nearly 200 million or whatever it was, but if you go, you can sign to you can sign a pre contract in January, and Real Madrid don't have to pay that 200 million to PSG, which means they'll probably give him far higher wages. So for Mbappe himself, it's a no brainer to probably just go on a free. In six months' time, oh, yeah, or sign a few contract and get a lot more wages, you know. Because whenever an Ronaldo mess with high, I'm sorry, he'll be the superstar, won't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, there you go. So, anyway, um, part of the game against Chelsea, um, for 1 1. Um, my thoughts on the game, me and Danny were discussing beforehand. Um, I just thought, um, I thought Chelsea had the better first off, um, attacking wise, and we got a bit lucky towards the end, I think. Um, and then Chelsea, the defensive play and the, the tactics on Tuchel, I think, were just... I've never really been happy watching defending, but I, I have nothing but respect for that Chelsea team after the way they defended against the... Um, you know, with 10 men against Liverpool. What, what were your thoughts um, on the game itself, part of it? Was it? Do you think it was a send-off? Do you think it was harsh? You know, what was your view on it? Looking back on it, no, I think definitely it was sending off. Um, we didn't actually realise until after the game that... It was a red card because there wasn't the seats we had. It was kind of at the other end, and we didn't really hear the large cheer. I think I think the red card was given at the same time we were celebrating the penalty. You know, so it was kind of a bit of a strange one. And when he went into the box, I think he booked Rudiger for standing in the penalty spot, wasn't it? And when that yellow card was shown, where we were sitting, we thought that was the yellow card. 
um, for the handball for the penalty was given. So it was only afterwards we actually found out that we were playing against 10 men for the second half, which made a lot of sense seeing as we battered them. But to be honest, <laughs> it, it was a proud moment for a Chelsea fan, the way they, they kind of stuck in and dug, they dug deep in that second half there to, to defend. I think it was a huge point for Chelsea and a good sight for, for themselves, a big psychological moment to go at Anfield, Liverpool attacking the cop in the second half and hanging on for a point. I was disappointed with maybe the set-piece delivery at times. I think we made the goalkeeper look a bit of a hero without having to do too much on his, on his side, like with corners and free kicks. I, I felt that we did really threaten too much from them. Um, Can I ask a question, guys? And I'll put this to you, Danny, as well, and, and you as well, Paddy. For me, I was watching the game. And when I was watching it, I was, I was, we've had many debates, me and you, Danny, haven't we, about your, your defensive mind and my attack of mind, and I'm always in favour of the attacking team. I thought Chelsea played brilliant. Now, for me, this game was crying out for someone like Oxley Chamberlain to go off the bench. And the way he's so fast, he can go past two, three players, I'm thinking. And he, 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 he shoots from the edge of the area, which I thought Harvey Oh, Harvey Allen played excellent, but he was reluctant to shoot at times. He, he just he was getting in shooting positions and he was passing for Salah or passing to Manny. But I'll go to you first, Danny. Do, do you think, um, for me, I definitely think the game was crying out for Oxley James come on 15 minutes ago. Did you have the same view or what was your views on how Klopp did the substitutions? Like bring the left back on the last seven minutes. You know, I know he's had a good start to the season, but I actually think that was the wrong decision. What do you think, Danny, first of all? It's a hard one, isn't it, as a manager? Because you say at the start of the game, like seeing the way Chelsea play, see the way they've lined up, the, the quality that they've got in that team, you would have said before the game, if somebody would have handed you a one-all against Chelsea, you you would probably go, do you know what? It's not a bad result all in all. So at the same time, you're sort of looking at it going, I think we probably could have done better. I think you're right that it needed a bit more flair in the game, like especially when you're basically playing against 10 men at the back. Because uh, you're seeing at certain points that they defended really well, and it was Lukaku that was doing the defending. So they literally had everyone behind the ball, and yeah, well, in those types of situations, you need someone to unlock the door. And as you said, the likes of Oxley Chamberlain is that type of guy that can maybe ping a thirty-yard shot, ask some questions. Um, although at the same time, you're seeing the shot by Robertson, you see the Van Dyke shot. We we were taking shots, which was good. But yeah, sometimes you need that. Something extra, don't you? Harvey Elliott, I think, provides that. I think you're very right in saying that. Um, but yeah, I think we just maybe needed that something else as well, just that Oxlade Chamberlain or something. But as you said, especially because of the discussions we have, that whole it, it was great from from my perspective to see the art of defending. Uh, and I think, I think we spoke about <coughs> on match of the day and stuff. It, it was just. They set up so solid, Chelsea. As soon as they went down to 10 men, they brought on the subs at half-time and they knew exactly what they wanted to do. And it's impossible to break down a team like that. You see it all the way through and, and obviously to a lesser standard, you watch the likes of Burnley do it every week. Like the way that they set up with the men behind the ball, Southampton have done the same thing for such a long time. Um, and, and you think of other teams in the past, like the likes of West Brom and Bournemouth and any team that Sam Allardyce manages ever. Um, like you get those types of teams, they just they set up so well in those two banks of four, and just say, turn around to you and say break us down, and that's all Chelsea were looking to do, and they were they were good at it. They were very very good at it. So it was it was good to watch. A little bit disappointed we didn't get the points, but at the same time, you had a tough one all against Chelsea at the start of the game. So I, so I'm not gutted with the result. Like, 
Look, I'm proud of what did you think of the um, the second half performance? Did you think it was crying out for someone like Oxley Chamberlain, or what was your thoughts being at the game? Yeah, I think Thiago was probably brought on a bit bit late, um, possibly a bit later. Like his, I think we could have done with a killer pass a bit earlier. You know, he, he did pretty well when he came on, but I would agree with. So I would I would agree bringing on Oxley Chamberlain ahead of Simicas late in the game, definitely. I think we had them on the ropes for long periods, like Chelsea were hanging on there, and I think it was um maybe it was a necessary sub that needed to be made, taking off the Robertson that came off, wasn't it, for Simicast like, but overall, like as you said, when Chelsea went one 0 up, the game was set up really for Chelsea when they when they went to go up, not to lose the game. I think it was the worst thing possible for us for them to score first mm. so I would have taken the draw all day long at 1-0 um, when, when it happened I just think it just had it had the feel of one of those nights where it wasn't going to happen one that you know they weren't going to get the winning goal I think we all get them from time to time games you know yeah. where you just feel it in your bones this is going to be a stalemate here but I just felt psychologically after the game I think that's I think what people are kind of feeling as well that there's a lot of doom and gloom maybe maybe added to us a boil ago earlier on but it feels like Chelsea are serious this season like you know they've won a Champions League like we did last year or two years ago and we use that as a springboard for a title challenge which we walked the season after and I can see Chelsea finishing in the top two if possible I can see them them and City going head going head to head for the title as things stand as I said I hope I'm wrong but dark horses dark horses suits suits us as a club anyway so I'm happy enough for Arden being raging favourites true, you know? true a lot of people are mentioning Chelsea and City and it's definitely going to be a closer season obviously with CR7 coming to United and it's definitely going to be a closer season which you know hopefully lots of discussion points for us um, but before we go um, Bardic so Tell me how things go with your podcast. I know you've had some great, um, some great guests. Um, you followed us on that George Sexton, which I know is a, a very popular one. Um, he's, he's he's a great guy to have on. Yeah. Um, and you've had other, other big guests. So tell me, how's it been going, and, and how how is everything basically? Yeah. Well, first of all, I suppose the two of you were an inspiration to me. One of my inspirations for setting up my own podcast there last year. So thanks, thanks for that, guys. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I suppose from Liverpool point of view for the guys listening and as I mentioned J.K. Abraham earlier from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Me Machine he was my first ever guest on the mm-hmm. podcast and it's a good interview talking about growing up in Liverpool as mixed race and the talks to rights and, and that Ammo also was a guest was a great interview with Ammo um, Thank you. great anecdote of uh, his acting days and hitting Mimi from Shameless with the door on set which is definitely worth having listened to but that was a great interview and with Emma and he went very deep as well and spoke about his life and challenges and just I suppose coming over from Liverpool to Ireland. So if you can drop the link when you're putting the link for that, guys, when you're putting up the channel, I think fans of the show will enjoy mm. that, that interview was good. No um, Peter Hooten from The Farm um, as well, Big Red. I did an interview with him and George Sefton as well, as, as you mentioned a while ago. I suppose you've been very good for suggesting guests as well and keeping in touch. And um, you've been very helpful with that for someone setting up setting up a podcast. So cheers for that. Um, I suppose the interview, 
the issues that I kind of run as the emblem will show, you can see it there on, on the screen, but kind of like a fireside chat environment. So it's as if we're coming into my own house, my own living room, having a chat and a cup of tea and chat about life. And in recent weeks, the episodes I've had, I've had like an ex-prison officer, Lee Davis in the UK, who um, ended up on the other side of the gates because he was caught bringing in packages for inmates and kind of hearing his, his struggles and his challenges Another prison officer, Neil Sammort, was dealing with high-profile prisoners and what it was like in the prison service. A guy from Prime Anxiety Solutions in Liverpool, Keith Taylor, talking about mental health, his own mental health challenges and the psychotherapy services he offer he offers. So it's very different topics, sport, literature, mental health. And one episode, Ammo You Liked as well, um, was an Evertonian, Jeff Allerhead. He sings a song about yep. Purple Ackey. He was an ex prison officer in Norway. Fair play, he's got a shout at Ammo and Danny's ass down through the road. Did you ever thought of it, Danny? You know, you've made this at the top on Pair Black. He's getting shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's a song about Pair Black, you know, he, he was an ex. I, I listened to it, I did, I did, yeah. And some yeah. of this, lots of plans for the, for the up and coming, you know, podcast, I suppose. Um, just one thing, final thing about, about Jeff there, I suppose he was an ex-British soldier in during the Troubles, the viewers, yes. or, or listen, my, my, his experiences there and I suppose his empathy towards people, just some, some good stories. But um, upcoming, I have a couple of interesting guests lined up. I have one um, former football casual, kind of famous, uh, you know, casual from Cardiff City lined up. Um, Tony Rivers is going to come on and have a chat about his days and, and the terraces and He's actually has a soft spot for Liverpool as well. He's been to Anfield a few times, so I'm looking forward to meeting Tony and just getting, I suppose, the psychology behind being in a forum back in the day and stuff like that. I think it's kind of a tribal, a tribal thing, you know, and kind of having chat about that. Um, fans of train spotting, the movie or the book. I have a guy who does tours on in train spotting tours in Leith and Edinburgh, and he's written a book about. Leith and train spotting and that and that, that, that type of stuff. There'd be the other guests, any fans of the show who enjoy GA like Harling Gaily football. I've I've had Tom Ryan, former Limerick manager, on, and there'd be other GA guests as well over the next while. But um, the sky's the limit, really. I'll just anyone who wants to come on and tell their story or feels like they they like to look at the show or whatever, just pop me an email or whatever. You'd be welcome. I consider you all. Hundred percent. Well, as I say, we we we're honoured to have you on tonight. Um, it's been interesting as always. Uh, part of what I will ask you just before we go. Um, I know you said that you kind of slipped up a wee bit and, and give 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 that you think it's gonna be out to Chelsea and City. Um, but in 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 you know in maybe a minute or so, what would you see as a successful season for Liverpool? Um, and what would you see as an unsuccessful season for Liverpool? Um, and what do you want to see out of it? I think a successful season right now, considering the transfer window we've had, would be third at this moment in time. I know it sounds unambitious, but I think the squad we have with the African Nations Cup coming up and all that in January, we don't have enough cover for that, really. And that's one of the busiest times of the season. Um, so I think cementing top four both on the other side of the coin, I can see us doing well in the Champions League. And I wouldn't, I think, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't rule out number seven Champions League. But I just, Ooh. but I just, I think for, for the actual, 
I think with the timing, because the African Nations Cup is that is after that as well, the second round, you know what I mean? Or it's before, sorry, so it won't impact on on players' avail- availability, injury permitting. So I think we'll have, we'll have a good good chance of number seven. A bad season. Um another trophyless one and finishing outside the top four. Um I think would be a bad that wouldn't be a good a good season, but I, if we didn't manage it last season, but no fit central defenders for half of it, I think would be okay this year. And by the way, I'm more than happy to prove wrong. I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy eat my hat this time next year if if what I said doesn't come true. Right, but well, there you go. We'll um, we'll definitely be the if number seven comes in, we can uh, we can partly thank you for this. But yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. It's great to have you as usual. Um, can I just give a shout out to my cousin Michael who was at the game with me as well on Saturday and we've been going to Anfield now about 11 years we had the 10 year challenge photograph of the Shanky statue again from the first time seeing the difference in 11 years it was the years don't belong going by well uh, hello to your cousin Michael um, you'll never walk alone um, but there you go so um in the second half of the podcast, guys, me and Danny are going to come back and discuss the up and coming games. But well, thank you, Pardick. And in, in the meantime, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Right, everybody, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, as we said, international break's on at the minute, but once that is finished, we are going to be back in the league and back against Leeds, which is going to be an interesting game to be able to be playing. Uh, Leeds generally haven't started off amazing up to now this season, but as we know, Leeds are a tough team to play against. Um, Again, similar enough to Chelsea in the the way that they set out, the very attacking football when they get the chance to. Um, So I think it's going to be a little bit of an interesting one, but it's it's good to discuss, to be able to see what we think. Ammo, we've seen us play Leeds before. We've seen the random results that can come out of these types of games. What what do you make of that match? Well, the game that comes to mind is the one last season, the first game of the season. I the first time I got the winning goal, you know, that game comes to mind. So I'll just go from... Yeah, that game last season was just mental, wasn't it? And Salah got the, the winning goal. Um, they all let your team that just go, right, we're going to give it to you. You give it to us and just see what happens. It's like a boxing match. It's end-to-end. It's great to see. And as I say, we're mid, solid mid-table team last season. Got some exciting players. Um, Patrick Bamford, great player up front. Um, Harrison on the wing. And then, obviously, now they've signed young Daniel James from Manchester United, who I've got a bit of a hard time at United. I just think he's a, a small fish in a big, big pond. As we're going to Leeds, he might be the big fish in the smaller pond. I'm not saying suggesting that Leeds are small club because it's huge, but... It's going to be an end-to-end game. We know this, and I think it's going to be another classic. It could be a three-three-two, four-three. Um, if you're a better man, money on both teams to score anyway. Um, I think Liverpool will just edge you. Um, I don't think we can afford to draw after Chelsea. We need to keep within touching distance of the top teams because you know Liverpool in the sense of a past the draw in these games that you shouldn't really lose. And you know, I think four or five draws in the first part of the season, your title chance could be over. So yeah. For me, um... guys, we just stopped the podcast because 
in the background, I'm watching Ireland versus uh, Portugal. I mean, I've just scored a 95th minute goal. Um, I know we're talking about the Leeds game, but like that's football history made there. He's become the leading goal scorer in international football as we record this podcast. It is now coming on quarter to 10 um, on, on, on Wednesday, the, the 1st of September 2021. We've just witnessed 50. I'm showing Danny on the camera. Um, madness. Ronaldo's got the, the biceps out and he's holding the shirt up. Um, and I'm deleting Facebook tonight, so heartless and to fans. Anyway, Leeds. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, like, and I think we've we've already spoke about transfer deadline day, but the fact that United, the fact that United have signed Ronaldo, I think anyone you can make all the excuses in the world about. Oh, he's he's thirty six now and he's getting on and all the rest of it. Like any team in the world would be buzzing to have Ronaldo playing for them. So I think everybody. Like outside of United is is going to be a little bit gutted. It'd be great to see him back in the Premier League, but I think it it really gives United a, a good chance of of doing well this season. Like which is which is scary because he's still he's so good. He's still so on fire. Like it's just mad. I mean, we're all football fans, and yet Ronaldo scored two goals and didn't to to win the game. You just couldn't write it. Mental. Anyway, Leeds. Yeah, I mean, from end to end goals. Um, but is anyone even going to care? Because it's just that weekend's going to be all about Ronaldo, isn't it? No one's going to care about Liverpool versus Leeds. You know, it's as sad as it is. Like, but um, you know, back to the football. Now, I think Liverpool um, should edge the game, um, but I think Leeds will score. And I'm, I'm going. My prediction will probably be three-one, um, and I fancy Jota to turn up. Um, just a feel about Jota this season. I think he's going to be a dark horse. I know when I say dark horse, I know he's well established and he's got, he's got lots of goals, but. I just feel he's a boy that is just a clinical goal scorer and I think all these little games where there's going to be chances he's a boy that might get a couple of goals. So that's my prediction, 3-1 with shots of a couple of goals. Um, how do you see it going, Danny? Yeah, do you know what? Like, like I like Leeds and they're a team that are full of talent, they're full of energy. They play very similar to Liverpool in terms of just that constant run and closing men down. You're seeing it against Burnley there. It's a good, physical, old English game. Um so they sort of got it. They've they've got talent in spades, uh, in terms of the physicality, but in terms of actual ball playing as well. Because we think about teams like Burnley and other teams like that, and and they're normally very physical teams, but not necessarily ball playing teams. Where Leeds have got both. I think Leeds' biggest problem for me, which is what's going to tell in these bigger games, is that they really needed to provide help for Bamford this summer. They needed to bring in someone. Yes, they brought in Daniel James, who I think is a decent enough player, but he's a young player and it's going to take him time to adapt. He's, he's not going to come in and get 15 goals in a season. They needed good, solid backup for Patrick Bamford because like, Bamford's a great player. We all know that. We've seen it last season. He, he really made that step up. But for any player to keep fighting over 50 games in a season is impossible. We've seen Mane last season and we've seen how much he ended up flagging because the the sheer amount of games that they're playing. Um, so I think it's it's a tough one and it means that I think Leeds will struggle overall within the season. Um, in saying that, they've been scoring goals. Obviously two all against Everton, one all against Burnley. They lost 5-1 to United, but they're always getting goals. Um, so it'll be interesting. But yeah, I think... I think it's easy. It's going to be easy enough for our back line to nullify Leeds' attack. I think they may get a goal. They may get a Jack Harrison stormer from 35 yards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I, I think I can't see anything other than a Liverpool win, really. So 
I'm go- I'm going to say two one. I think Liverpool at the moment, like I said a couple of weeks ago, they're seeing out games at the minute. So they're, they're getting ahead in games, and then they're good at just passing the ball around, seeing it out. So I can't see us being like three or four goals up. So I'm, I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool, but I, I can't see anything other than Liverpool win, really. Yeah, well, that's to say. It's, it's a game that we should be winning, and uh, but I definitely think they'll score. Um, we shout out to Calvin Phillips in midfield as well. He was superb for England in the Euros, and I think he's a player that would shoot Liverpool down to tee, you know? Uh, maybe like a Jordan Henderson replacement, but... Um, that's a discussion for another day, I suppose. But yeah, um, three one for me and two one for you. Let's hope that uh, I think it's important, Danny. Like our final thoughts on this game, it's important that we just don't lose it, isn't it? Yeah, oh, massively. Yeah, you can't. Like these are the games where you need to be picking up three points. We say about obviously beating the lower level teams. I think Leeds for me uh, are easily a top ten side. I think they should be finishing sort of somewhere between tenth and eighth. Um, but these are the games that you need to win because Leeds will be taking points off people during the season and we can't let it be us. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we need to really pull it out of the bag in this game to be in that contention, be in that place and be up there with your, with your Chelsea's, your Man City's. And um, isn't it funny? We always used to say your Chelsea's, Man City's and Arsenal's. Um, but, oh, well, Arsenal better not be thinking about that this season. Do you know what? Arsenal played well in the, in the League Cup against West Brom. So I think they'll do brilliant in the Championship next season, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> that is brutal. Looking forward to seeing your Facebook later. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, no, well, as I said, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes of it. But I think it's going to be all in all an interesting season, an interesting week, as you said, with Ronaldo back, and that's kind of what's going to dominate the headlines. Um, but hopefully, sneaking around the back, we'll be able to take three points out of this game, build on the momentum that we've already got in terms of a solid start, and hopefully keep going, keep building. Um, and and get somewhere up there and really push for another title contention this season. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But until next time, thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.